One, Forever Alone, is an ongoing story-based podcast and is a work of fiction created and narrated by J.A. LaRock. You can find our podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Chapter 7 Fire at the Brink My hands would not release. They remained tightly gripped around the rails of the balcony as my mind fought against my body. I couldn't understand why I was so afraid. Deep inside, beyond rational thinking, laid the will to live. Chaotic thoughts swirled within my mind. Dizziness overtook me. I could not stand on the ledge any longer. I climbed back onto the balcony and fell onto my stomach. The screaming in my mind subsided as the dizziness faded. The feeling of relief sickened me. To feel relief in a world that had to be a lie was akin to heresy. I didn't want to get up. I was content with lying on the balcony forever with my eyes tightly shut. I don't know exactly how long I laid there before I rolled onto my back and sat up. I did not want to move any further. I just leaned against the railing, facing my balcony door. I looked at myself in the reflection of the glass. My thoughts turned to Ashley and the fact that it would be impossible for her to have left her room. There was so much evidence to support the idea that this world I found myself in was not real, and yet I couldn't bring myself to leave it. Then something else caught my attention. The skyline in the distance was reflecting off of the balcony door. My body ached as I pulled myself to my feet and turned around. In the distance there was a large plume of smoke rising from near Wells Street several blocks away. If there's a fire, then perhaps there would be a response by the fire department or the military. Also, my mind questioned, why would there be a fire so far away from me if this was just a dream? Accepting and adapting to a situation was one of the main things I prided myself on doing. But here, I did not want to accept this and I was not sure if I could ever adapt to it. Questions requiring answers were what kept me moving. There was an explanation to be discovered, and I did not believe I had any other choice than to investigate and solve the mystery I was placed in. I left my apartment, and on my way to the garage I tried calling Christine again, but received her voicemail. I could not help but think as I pulled onto North Avenue that having this motorcycle would be convenient considering the vehicle graveyard that was laid out before me. When passing by Clark Street, I looked inside North Shore Bank and thought about all the money that was left behind. If my family and Christine were with me, then perhaps this world would be a godsend. I almost chuckled to myself when I thought that. Wells Street, at least to me, 
was the strangest street in the neighborhood known as Old Town. On that street you could find a restaurant for almost every continent in the world. North of North Avenue was the famed Second City. South of North Avenue they would hold art festivals in the summer. Christine loved art and for a time studied to be an artist before stepping away from it to take care of her mother. Still, in her heart, she loved art and forced me to go to various exhibits around the city. Lately, she had to force me to go everywhere. I had hoped we could talk about that when we were to meet at the library. I wondered if we would ever get to have that conversation. The world within a block was engulfed in flames. I sat on my bike at the beginning of the block staring ahead at the raging inferno. I could do nothing about it. I felt weak, helpless, as I watched places I and my family loved burning to the ground. The western center of the block was on fire and it was quickly spreading to the buildings next to and behind them. The scene laid out before me made sense. No attendance to see to their kitchens could result in fire. It only reinforced the idea that everyone left in a hurry or disappeared. I wondered if another great Chicago fire would occur, but I thought too small. My thought should have been, would the whole world burn? I was surrounded with no other sounds than the fire devouring everything it touched, glass shattering, wood crackling, and the metal bending. There was no signs of the fire department nor the military. I didn't understand why, but I was drawn towards the center of the block, towards the heart of the fire. The building was unrecognizable, and yet I could feel a close connection to it. The closer I walked to the building, the more my mind began to think back. It was hypnotizing. The heat was so intense against my body, it was hard to breathe, but I didn't stop. Slowly I continued to move forward towards the sidewalk just before the building's front. It was against sanity, against nature. I was being pulled closer and closer to the burning building. My mind tried to rationalize the irrational. I knew the heat and the smoke were dangerous, but I wanted nothing more than to be closer to it. If this is how a moth feels when before a flame, then I can understand why it would willfully dance towards its own oblivion. My mind quieted. There was no longer a conscious thought to continue, but it was not my mind in control. Something else was pulling me in, taking control. My mind was silenced, and my body drained of life. The blazing heat overwhelmed me. My eyes glazed over. My legs wobbled and my knees buckled. I collapsed, slamming against the asphalt street. My waking consciousness faded. It felt as if death had come to take me, and I was more than willing to allow it to do so. I was ready to surrender myself, 
when pain brought me back, but not to the reality that I was in, but to something else. Next time, Chapter 8.